Hello, my name is Kyle Matthews. I'm executive director of the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies, part of the Canadian Task Force Against Online Antisemitism. Uh, we're very pleased today to sit down with a very special guest. We are joined today with uh, Katarina von Schnurbein, who is the European Commissioner responsible for, uh, for dealing with combating antisemitism, often online. Katarina, we're very uh, glad to have you with us today. Pleased to be with you, Kyle, yes. So, um, Katarina, maybe just because we're going to share this with our Canadian audience, um, but also other people working internationally that are looking at hate speech, incitement to violence, and, and, and where our institute is very special. We, we, we focus on genocide prevention, but our founders had members who, who, who perished in the Holocaust. Um, so, so we have a deep-seated um, idea of how unchecked anti-Semitism can lead to to human rights abuses and violence. And, and that's why we're doing this project to understand contemporary forms of anti-Semitism. But I would like to ask you uh, in your role, what is your work focused on and how do you work with other EU member states? Yes, I think what you, you describe is very much also at the heart uh, of our understanding of our work uh, on anti-Semitism. Um, and in particular, also with regards to um, the rising Holocaust distortion and, and Holocaust trivialization that, uh, that we have seen, and maybe we'll discuss it uh, later. But, uh, you know, to understand that what we do is really a prevention also of what we have seen anti-Semitism lead to uh, in the past uh, and uh, that has led to, to the Shoah. And therefore, we need to fight it you know, in all its pernicious forms, wherever it occurs, whether it be online or offline, and in particular, take the online very um, serious. So my position was created in 2015, together with a coordinator on combating anti-Muslim hatred. We have worked very closely with uh, the member states, but also with Jewish communities from across um, the EU. We established a working group with member states representatives. And in fact, we saw um, following my appointment, uh, appointments also on national level of special envoys on combating anti-Semitism. So we've created a network um, between us and we meet together with representatives from the nationally elected Jewish bodies twice a year to discuss specific aspects. So education, you know, the IRA definition, combating anti-Semitism online, Holocaust remembrance, Holocaust education, curricula, you know, all these uh, broad uh, topics. And, uh, and then we have engaged with the member states to really make also their own commitments. So um, in 2018, the first declaration ever was passed by unanimity in the council, which is the, the institution that combines all the 27 EU member states. And uh, they committed to using the IRA definition and they also committed to having specific national strategies on combating anti-Semitism. And then reconfirmed that and enlarged it in 2020 to saying this uh, fight against anti-Semitism really needs to be mainstreamed. So across the different uh, policies. And in 2021, the commission proposed its first ever EU strategy on combating anti-Semitism and fostering Jewish life. And the second part is very important, the fostering Jewish life aspect to us. And member states then in 2022, just recently in March, um, 
put a date to their national strategies and by the end of 2022 should all have uh, national action plans or strategies against anti-Semitism. So it's been very much a work on uh, moving the structures forward. Uh, Katarina, you mentioned that there has been a, a rise of um, Holocaust denial and so forth. Um, I'm wondering, could you tell us a bit about the situation in Europe right now? Um, and has there been a markedly increase in anti-Semitism as of late? So we have seen uh, anti-Semitism rise across uh, EU member states in different forms. We, we have witnessed lethal attacks uh, in some uh, EU member states. We've seen it in Paris, in, in Copenhagen, uh, in Brussels, uh, the museum uh, in Toulouse, a Jewish school. You know, so this has really been uh, shocking and I think also a wake-up call um, for the for the past uh, decade. Um, we see that Europeans increasingly recognize anti-Semitism as a huge challenge for society. Uh, every other European, every second European uh, sees this increase. And um, among the Jewish community, this perception is much higher. In fact, nine out of 10 uh, European Jews see anti-Semitism as a threat in their uh, immediate environment. And worryingly, we've also in a survey seen that four out of 10 Jews have say they have considered leaving Europe. And we know that whenever Jews left Europe in the past, this has been very bad um, for Europe. So in addition um, to, to this situation that was already um, very worrying when I was appointed, we then had the pandemic. We saw an um, explosion of uh, conspiracy myths of the involvement of Jews in creating the virus and um, spreading it and creating a vaccine to make money, you know, all the old myths that came up um, again. And um, we did a study that compared the anti-Semitic content online in French and German language in January 2022 and February 2022 versus the next year, 2021, the two uh, months. And we saw a 13-fold increase in German language and a, a seven-fold increase in French language. And uh, this, I believe, is very worrying because we know that it takes to the street. Uh, we saw then in the anti-vax demonstrations, people wearing um, stars of David uh, saying unvaccinated, uh, you know, comparing themselves in a situation where they are offered a vaccine in times of pandemic with the victims of the Nazis um, that were killed systematically um, uh, in, uh, during the Second World War. So, you know, there is a clear loss of compass when you see this, and I think it's very worrying. And now most recently uh, in the context of the war on Ukraine, I mean, P Putin's propaganda all along has been to denazify uh, Ukraine. And yesterday's comment by Foreign Minister Lavrov, his, his false claims, in fact, um, you know, that, in, that to invert the victims and the perpetrators and falsely and trivialize uh, the Holocaust, I think this is, you know, it's yet another uh, step into this um, direction. So such propaganda really has no place in European democracies and we really have to go against it. Well, I, I just have to say that we've seen similar issues in Canada during COVID, conspiracy theories, uh, blaming Jews uh, for this. 
Um, but yes, the recent comments by uh, by Russian authorities is is also quite troubling, and perhaps at another level that we haven't seen in some time. I would like to to maybe turn a bit about the the EU strategy on combating anti-Semitism and fostering Jewish life, highlights the importance of education and training. I'm wondering, in terms of training um, and education on social media, do you have are there recommendations in there for European society governments? Um, what 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 kind of education is really really needed? So obviously, uh, education is a very wide uh, field. We have the traditional education, uh, you know, in, in schools, and this is, is key and needs to be continued and uh, uh, intensified, uh, in fact. Um, but uh, indeed, with regards to um, uh, online content, there are at the start, you know, human brains behind any form of anti-Semitism and Holocaust uh, distortion, even if then algorithms amplify it. So what we think is really important is a threefold uh, approach. First, to have uh, good legislation in place uh, that um, makes sure that the platforms have certain obligations. You know, we've long talked about a highway without rules. I think now the European Union uh, with uh, recently passing the so-called Digital Services Act has put in place rules which um, uh, oblige the platforms to make their algorithms transparent vis-a-vis -vis the authorities to report um, on their actions, on to have better redress mechanisms, and also give the possibility, uh, sort of the teeth of this legislation, to um, have fines uh, in case of non-compliance. So this is a very important tool. Then we need to prosecute online haters and also make sure that the platforms are in line with European legislation. And we have hate speech legislation in Europe, so they need to act in accordance with this existing uh, legislation. And then this is one of an important um, action also in the strategy is to really strengthen civil society, the trusted flaggers, the fact checkers that can discern anti-Semitic content know whether something is hate speech, therefore needs to be taken down, or whether it is conspiracy myths, disinformation, fake news, that is not necessarily illegal, but harmful, and therefore needs counter speech, um, needs redirection towards websites. In fact, we are now um, also building up websites with regards to facts upon uh, on the Holocaust, you know, and so to, to really um, make sure that we flood the net with correct information as well. So this uh, network uh, should be built up across the EU. We want to see this capacity in all EU languages and also in languages that are not necessarily EU languages, but transport um, anti-Semitic content into the EU and make sure that these civil society organizations and individuals and experts really are empowered to do their work on the net and flag um, anti-Semitic content. I'm wondering, Katerina, as you say, the part of the plan is to flood the internet to go against conspiracy theories, anti-Semitic uh, material. Is, is this strategy, is it planned to, to target everyone in the EU or is there a specific focus on children? I'm wondering what is the strategy of, of, of who primarily you would like to, to try to educate um, in the digital realm? We have different uh, strategies and different possibilities. It very much depends on the platforms. We know that some 
are more attractive uh, to very young people and uh, and others are more you know my age or maybe even older you know so i what we have uh, done in a campaign that we previously did we we can really target in specific member states specific age groups because we have the tools to discern you know which um uh, you know for example um women 50 plus or something like this because there is a specific issue and um and that works um with direct campaigns i think there is a need though um a much broader need also with regards to um increasing the awareness about the necessity to be aware of history in a broader sense uh, to have uh, a media competence uh, that is often not necessarily there. I think there the schools also have a responsibility um, and of course uh, the parents uh, as well. Yeah. So it's a, it, it is broad um, and what we also want to make sure is that we can react quickly. So for example, last year when we saw this increase during the pandemic, we started a campaign together with the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance and other partners uh, on uh, protect the facts about, about Holocaust uh, distortion. And uh, another campaign, think before sharing about conspiracy myths, you know. So to make sure that content is out there that makes people reflect about what they are doing. Of course, you only get those, you know, who otherwise might be ignorant. It's difficult to catch really the extremes. And I think that sometimes there with regards to the extremes, it's also a question of law enforcement. We have legislation that will come into force now, for example, with regards to terrorist content online that platforms will have to remove within one hour of um, public order or noticing it themselves. So, you know, all these, this legislation together, hate speech, the Digital Services Act and uh, this terrorist content online makes a very strong uh, legal framework as well. Katarina, my, my last question to you, and, and you've given a really great overview, but also made us realize that the issue of anti-Semitism is not just a European issue, it's a global issue and it's also an issue to Canada. And I'm wondering, given the, the, the really detailed strategy that your office has been responsible for, what can Canada learn from the EU approach? And are there areas where perhaps uh, Canada and EU could collaborate on this space, be it governing digital spaces or, or, or countering programs in English or French? Wondering what your thoughts are on that. Yes, I think, in fact, there are quite some similarities uh, when it comes to the awareness, for example, of anti-Semitism, but also the, the knowledge about uh, the Holocaust. 22% um, uh, of Canadian millennials, as far as I, I know, um, have, uh, are not sure if they have heard about uh, the Holocaust, and also even 15% of Canadian adults. And we have similar challenges in Europe. So, you know, this is something uh, where I think uh, something we need to address. Um, in the end, one thing we say also with regards to the fact that more and more Holocaust survivors are passing away and that we will find new ways on how to transmit the knowledge about the Holocaust. And I would say it should be like the French Revolution. We don't have any survivors anymore, but we all know how important the French Revolution was for human rights, for uh, for Europe, you know, and 
in a similar way, we need to be aware of what the Holocaust meant for the creation, for example, of the European Union and uh, and also the uh, the United Nations. Uh, you know, so these kind of I think you know this this knowledge is something that we all share across uh, the globe and where we can certainly also work together and we in fact do also in international fora already and um, certainly could do so also bilaterally well let's let's hope that this is the start of more collaboration uh, but on behalf of my colleagues katarina at the montreal institute for genocide and race studies and through our project the Canadian Task Force on Combating Online Antisemitism. I want to thank you for taking time to talk to Canadians about the important work that you're doing. Thank you very much. It's really been a pleasure and congratulations for the excellent work you do. Thank you.